0: Are you ready now? Are you, are you ready now? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Carpool Shenanigans, the only podcast that is... uh awesome. I lost myself. I was going somewhere else with it. And <clears throat> Anywho, I'll be your host, Justin Wallace. With me, as always, is a man who was charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing an alligator through a Wendy's drive-through window. Mitch Glasgow.
1: Oh, that was a good one. Hi. Yeah,
0: I, I had something better set that, up. But... That
1: was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know I did that, but...
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's somewhere there. Oh,
1: so. okay. Well, good. Good,
0: good, good. So uh, today, uh, I feel like we're doing an air story.
1: Practically, yes, yes. So all the all these... What what all our listeners got to understand is that I I do a lot of the research and then... Justin has no clue what we're going to talk about most of the time not a damn idea not a damn idea so I just <laughs> surprise him with all our different ideas so yeah
0: it's like a, it's
1: like a dick in a box I uh, hope not I hope so <laughs> <laughs> well all right so uh you ready I was born naked I mean ready well ready. I, th- I think I would hope you didn't just come out with clothes
0: Oh, I mean, like a well-dressed suit. Can you imagine babies being born in just a well-made suit
1: with a shirt that says "I like squirters"? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh,
0: future porn star right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I we got a. Uh, so what I have is ten interesting facts about facts. history. These are facts. Facts. Not make, can't make this shit up. Can't make it up. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Are you sure? Because the first one's pretty great. Uh okay, I'm ready now. Okay, all right. All wait, right. wait, wait. Okay, I'm ready. Now. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so the first one is blowing smoke up the ass in the healing properties of tobacco.
0: Back up real quick.
1: <laughs> red flag? <laughs> yeah,
0: big old red flag. Big old red flag. So a lot of questions. Uh I hope they get answered, but Healing
1: properties? Healing properties. Yeah, they said tobacco was a healing property back in the day.
0: How far back? This wasn't like last week, right? No, like that's... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Last week they were like, it heals everything!
0: (laughs) Take a big old puff and just blow it on in there. Come on now.
1: Forget all the research on the cancer, but... (laughs) (laughs) thought you were just checking
0: my prostate,
1: doctor. (laughs) Well, um... So the harmful effects of tobacco are well-known and understood nowadays and in most of the world. However, there was a time in history when not only were tobacco ills unknown, but tobacco was con- actually considered healthy and good for you. Yeah, yeah get your Ioprofen next to your Marlboro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Centuries ago, tobacco was lauded as a cure for many ailments, not only by quacks and charlatans, but also by respected members of the mainstream medical establishment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, bend over, spread your cheek. We're going <laughs> to heal that headache you got there.
1: <laughs> um, so, a little history on tobacco. All right. It was introduced by, to Europe by the Spanish uh, 1528. From early on, it was described as a sacred herb because it's of its supposed medical properties as claimed by various native americans oh, so yeah. like tobacco was like it was mostly grown in north and south america
0: yeah i mean i would trust someone that you know we take their land they tell us it's
1: going to heal us yeah, yeah 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 i mean if i was someone was taking people. my land yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> this will get back at them sons of bitches
1: before long European medical practitioners were treating the newly introduced plant as a miracle cure for elements from headaches and colds to cancer. So, so the tobacco would cure cancer. Yeah, that's what they said. Right. Is there an
0: easier way to take it than smoking my asshole?
1: Well, we're going to get to that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, we're right. going to get to that. But yeah, so the one thing that gives you cancer well, not just the one thing, but
0: Yeah, everything gives you cancer.
1: Yeah, nowadays, but, I mean, come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the sun, the sun, the the one thing that gives us light and gross
1: trees and flowers and shit, that can give you cancer too. (laughs) Yes, it can. Today, when somebody scoffs at another that you're just blowing smoke up my ass, it is a figure of speech to mean that he is insincerely complimenting the scoffer, telling him what he thinks he wants to hear. However, (laughs) (laughs) but wait, there's more centuries ago, blowing smoke up the ass was meant literally to describe a medical procedure in which a tube or rubber hose was inserted into a person's ass (laughs) through which tobacco smoke would be blown. I like how nowadays it's a question back then it was literal
0: yeah (laughs) are you blowing smoke on my ass not yet (laughs) (laughs) i didn't
1: feel the tube just wanted to make sure in the 1700s doctors routinely used tobacco smoke enemas in the mistaken belief that they had healing properties blowing smoke up the ass was thought to be particularly useful in reviving drowning victims Don't die on me! Grab that hose. We're gonna stick in his butt. You imagine some some person is drowning. They're like, hold on, spread his cheeks apart. (laughs) Where's the lighter? Damn it! Give me a lighter, stat! He doesn't have much time. The nicotine in the tobacco was thought to make the heart beat faster thus stimulating resp- uh, respiration, while smoke from the burning tobacco was thought to warm the drowning victim from the inside. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> it made intuitive sense. The drowned person was full of water, so blowing air in the form of tobacco smoke, which was full of healing properties, would expel the water. So... Yeah,
0: yeah, I could see that, yeah. No. These are top-notch scientists oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. I'm these, a... these motherfuckers invented gravity
1: and shit, and we still use that today, so think <laughs> about that. <laughs> Hiccup was that the water was in the person's lungs, which are not connected to his or her ass. <laughs> <laughs> what? Since when? <laughs> Thus, blowing air up the drowning victim's butt and into their bowels would do, little to expel water from their lungs. I thought they were blowing in their mouth, but now you're telling
0: me they were actually blowing smoke, like, mouth to butt cheek.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've
0: been eating ass since, like, the 1500s. (laughs) Is that what you're telling me?
1: Yes, we have. Man.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Yummy. Yummy. we were some sick bucks. Do <laughs> <laughs> you imagine being one of the people that didn't hear about it? Doctor comes up like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, Doc, what are you doing? I'm trying to save his
1: life. <laughs> Can you, you imagine me the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I have to start doing what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a new practice. Got to try it out. Although... Some doctors preferred sticking the tube directly into the lungs, through the mouth or nose. Most preferred to shove it up the patient's butt instead. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, we could put it in his mouth. No,
0: no, 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 no. Trust me. We go through the butt on this one.
1: <laughs> you missed your last medical bill? Uh okay. <laughs>
0: Routine checkups, man, let me tell
1: you. <laughs> oh, fucking physical. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> Although medically useless, be- useless, <laughs> I'm going to emphasize on that a lot, useless. Well, they're slowly figuring it out. Yeah. They're, get- they're getting there. Belief in the efficiency of tobacco smoke enemas in reviving drowning victims, or even those presumed dead, was widespread. All puns intended. All puns. (laughs) Uh, So widespread that medical kits for blowing smoke up the ass were found at routine intervals along major waterways.
0: Okay. All
1: right. right. Yep. There they waited, like modern (laughs) defibrillators, ready for use to revive the drowned and bring back. Bring the dead back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing smoke up the ass was eventually used to not only revive the drown, but to treat colds, headaches, hernias, abnormal cramps, okay. and even heart attack victims. Heart attack victims. Mm-hmm. So, you think about that. Tobacco smoke enemas were also used on thyroid fever victims and those dying of cholera. While the treatment was useless for the patient, it could be quite dangerous for the medical practitioner, particularly if he was blowing the smoke with his mouth instead of using his, using a bellow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at, at some point, I feel like they're not doing it for medical reasons. It's just fun now. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I was a doctor, I, I don't know. I
0: mean. It was all made up by doctors. Oh. Like, yeah, they're going to get a real kick out of this one.
1: <laughs> Who was the guy that actually caught on to that?
0: it's not doing anything for these people
1: shut up (laughs) phil we know what we're doing should the doctor inhale inhale instead of exhale or if gases in the patient's bowels escaped you know it's just shit everywhere (laughs) fecal particles could get blown back into the doctor's (laughs) mouth or inhaled into his lungs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was kinda waiting for that. Yeah. Such a mishap, particularly when treating a cholera patient, could prove fatal for the doctor. <laughs> so now they're starting to see that maybe it's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean eventually they were like, hey, come on.
0: What are we doing? Yeah, we're not we're not saving these people's lives anymore. This
1: guy's had a headache, you know. Sure, these people just keep getting cancer, but worse. Why did you get rectal cancer? I <laughs> gave them the foreplay first. Yeah. <laughs> so you um oh my goodness you uh excited about that one? Was that a good fact for you? I wouldn't say excited, per se. Um,
0: Maybe (laughs) a little turned on. Thank God you didn't live in the 1700s. Oh, thank God. I just wouldn't survive. No. Just pull the plug on me there.
1: No, but back then, people believed whatever. They just
0: believed whoever had a coat on at the time. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right, so you ready for the next uh, interesting fact? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Hmm this is gonna be awesome we're gonna go a little bit back into uh, a little farther back in history
0: okay back when they're
1: smarter right mm. <laughs> 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 okay so did you know that there was a uh, a uh, penis god Wow yeah mm-hmm it may be a god now yeah oh nifty so, the ancient Romans had a rich religious pantheon that included over 200 gods.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I think, what, Greek had maybe 12, and then the Romans kicked it up a notch. So, like, whoa,
1: there's way more way than that. Way more. So, uh, one of the lesser known ones today, although he was quite popular with contemporary ancient Romans, was Phasnesis. That Phasnesus? Fashionist, Fashion
0: Okay, a fashionist. Yeah. yeah.
1: Fast, fashionist. Yeah. Fast <laughs> anus. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the winged penis god. Oh, just a giant, just giant dick with wings. <laughs> <laughs> what a dickhead that guy was. Well, uh, he was literally all penis. <laughs> 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 Taken to the nth degree of penishood. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see it. Real veiny guy that was. Uh, His body was an erect penis and testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sporting an erect penis with a penis for a tail. So he wasn't just one
0: giant penis. He was a penis on top of other penises.
1: Yeah, and penises for legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And he had wings. Uh, Wow, yeah, of (laughs) course. How else is he going to fly around? Um... But why not? Because he could fly around and spurt blessings along lucky mortals. <laughs> We're having a
0: real hard time with our crops here. Uh, anyone pray lately? Uh,
1: blowing smoke up your ass didn't sound so bad, did it? No. No, it did not. So, uh, fashionus was the god of masculine regenerative power, whose symbol was a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just a giant dick. <laughs> yeah. He was to be. He was believed to be lucky. Oh, really? Yeah. So wor- worshippers carried him around in the form of amulets or pendants hanging from their necks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. And when you prayed to him, did you pray mouth first or? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, just like the pious Christians wearing crosses around their necks. It was they just like. They wore dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Except that instead of a cross, ancient Romans wore an erect penis dangling from their necks. <laughs> it was a different culture, okay? It was a different time back then. Yeah. Way different morals. Yeah. Just, just you don't sticky. see us nowadays having a penis around our necks. No. I
0: mean, well, I mean, for this some people. This is the lucky God,
1: <laughs>
0: Pray to him for sticky
1: blessings. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, Fasnesis was fashionist, was naturally consistently on the prowl. With a particular <laughs> presence for sleeping women.
0: <laughs> it's starting to turn into kind of a rapey god here.
1: <laughs> uh, many art and tales revolve around sleeping maidens, usually getting some shut-eye in balalic settings, waking up to discover that fashionists had flown between their legs to bless them. Bless them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. really putting a twist on this whole rape game thing. The most famous Roman maiden supposedly impregnated by fashionists was Orissia. Orissia? Mm-hmm. So she had a,
0: a son called Bastardus. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Interesting.
1: The mother of Rome's sixth king, Servius Tullius. Um, Os. Osirissa mm, was a former foreign noblewoman captured in war and made a slave in the household of Rome's king Tarquinus. I don't know. Yeah. As with, the legend went, I, I'm, I'm trying to do as best I can with these names. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not Roman. Everyone was a stroke back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the legend went, um, Osirissa Osrissa was a virgin and one day while performing the sacred rites of the versatile virgins a disembodied winged, winged penis flew in and impregnated her <laughs> the result was Servius Tullius, who was raised in the royal household although a slave he so impressed King Tarquinius uh, that he eventually freed him and gave him his daughter's hand in marriage after the king's death he was succeeded by the throne of Servius his son-in-law, and son of the divine flying penis. <laughs> you imagine going to war saying that shit? <laughs> all right, we're
0: going to take them all out. Wait, is that... What's their banner, is it? That, that a giant dick?
1: No, we don't even want part of this war no more. <laughs> Fascism's name gave rise to the Latin verb fascinar, which means the power to use the f- fascinesis, Entrance or cast a spell, since the flying penis god was supposed to have such powers. fashionist worship went into decline with the rise of Christianity. Oh, now flying penises are attached to Christianity. It declined. Oh, and declined. It, and then okay. it eventually vanished, along with oh. the rest of uh, uh, pagan pantheon.
0: So it went soft after a while. <laughs> 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 <Uh-oh>!
1: <laughs> None let nonetheless a trace of fashionness is still with us today. I'd I would hope do,
0: so. <laughs> I do feel like a, a
1: piece of him is with me at all times. The etymology of the modern English word fascinate traces back to the Latin word fascinar and the ancient Roman flying penis god. Huh. Mm, fun fact. That is, that is
0: fascinating. <laughs> that is definitely fascinating. <laughs> How would
1: you feel about that one? <sighs>
0: gosh uh violated
1: maybe mm,
0: yeah i bet a lot of people listening are probably gonna be violated <laughs> like i've been praying to the wrong god this whole time
1: <laughs> so uh i think we're gonna do one more one more mm-hmm. number three number three you ready yeah I think I'm ready okay right now. uh train rides drove people mad
0: Care to uh, explain a little no, bit? No, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Oh,
1: okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for showing up, everybody. <laughs> when steam locomotive passenger trains first entered service in the 19th century, there were widespread fears that their speed would prove lethal to passengers.
0: They thought they'd go so fast they'd, what, explode?
1: Mm, maybe. Hmm. hmm. New locomotives, such as the pioneering rocket built by Robert Stephenson in 1829, were capable of maximum speeds of 28 miles per hour. Holy shit. (laughs) Quite slow by today's standards, but until 1829, it is unlikely that any humans had ever experienced such speeds.
0: We're going school zone speed now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The perceived risk of such unprecedented velocities was not limited to the consequences of a crash or derailment. Nayslayers theorized that human f- uh, f- physiology physiology? F- physiology was simply not adapted to and capable of withstanding travel at speeds faster than those of galloping horses. That makes sense. So they didn't think that, you know, we were supposed to go faster than a horse.
0: Oh, No. Nowadays, we attach ourselves to fucking rockets, but...
1: Yeah. Back then, you know, going that fast, we're
0: going to explode.
1: Anticipating the concerns about G-forces in the era of powered flight, train alarmists reasoned that passengers' internal organs would get compressed against their backs, which, poten- which potentially lethal results. So they thought they would go
0: so fast that their internal Organs, organs... would go... <laughs> fly back. Oh, wow, that's... They're hauling ass at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm Can you imagine going 28 miles an hour? (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! Slow down! Slow down! (laughs) Wish we would have
1: invented (laughs) seatbelts. Such fears eventually receded as railways and trains proliferated, with no reports reported uh, fatalities from people getting their hearts or lungs flattened against their backs. (laughs) They were replaced by another bizarre fear, this one of the danger to the mind instead of the body. By the 1850s, Victorians were worrying that the steadily increasing train speeds, combined with the rattling, jarring motions within railway cars, were causing injuries to passengers' brains and driving people insane.
0: <laughs> so now, if I wanted to go a couple miles by train, I might just go insane. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, Not that makes lose your fucking mind. Uh, this whole blowing smoke up the ass is making more sense now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything in the 18th century, we were fucking, we were out there. Now, this isn't in the time travel movies. No, but you know, people are gonna say the same thing about
1: our century one day. Oh, like in the future? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, media did their part to wh- whip up the frenzy. Uh, an illustrative example occurred in 1865. During a train journey from Carnforth to Liverpool in England, an armed passenger went crazy and started attacking windows to get, it, to get at passengers in other compartments. When the train slowed down and stopped at its next station, the lunatic claimed to calm down. When the train got underway again, he went nuts, only to calm down once more when the train stopped at the next station. The pattern of going wild while the train was in motion, then calming down when it slowed down and stopped, was repeated until the train reached Liverpool.
0: So they just dealt with this screaming guy for how long?
1: <laughs> Breaking windows. Every time the train was going, he'd lose his mind, and then when it stopped, he'd be like, okay, guys, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry
0: about he that. starts throwing his shit at people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Bob. Didn't mean to get it all in your hair. Yeah.
1: This, oh, this train is just going oh, way too fast. Man. man,
0: i tell you what I could do for another. Oh, God! <laughs>
1: where's my penis amulet (laughs) Uh, newspapers and mental health professionals of the day linked his bouts of madness to train travel however instead of reasoning that he was a mentally disturbed individual for whom train travel was a trigger. They concluded that train travel was the cause of his his mental illness. The belief persisted well until the 20th century. Wow. That something about the speed or motion of trains drove people mad. And the pattern of flawed analysis confusing with correlation kept repeating itself. Somebody would act crazy or in a socially unacceptable way in a moving train. And the train's speed or motion would be blamed for causing the craziness. So, at no point in time were they thinking, huh, maybe this guy's
0: got some real issues going on at home somewhere?
1: Um, I would think so.
0: Nah, that doesn't make sense. Definitely the train's fault. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been driving this thing for three years now, no problems.
1: <laughs> I haven't dealt with this shit before. <laughs>
0: It's another screamer, God, damn. <laughs> so
1: what would you think what'd you think of today's fun facts? oh man,
0: where'd you find these things
1: well i did I, I did find them on it's a website called history collection history collection yep
0: oh man they they really dug deep <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> They went really deep. Yeah, what's some weird shit we could like look up the, today? Like
1: fashionesis. Ah, <laughs> Boom! <Fashionists. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, uh...
0: God. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this penis god thing. His proper
1: of, name is fashionist. I don't care what it is. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so every time you th- you say Oh, that's fascinating. See,
0: you just ruined a word for me. Mm-hmm, think about it. I mm-hmm. can no
1: longer say it. Because now you're going to think of that every time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See a guy do backflip. Man, that's really fascinating. Oh, damn it. Oh, that's... shit. What you're actually saying is,
1: wow, that's really penis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a giant flying penis right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, blow and smoke up someone's ass. Fashionist, the penis god. And uh trains driving people mad, oh, and we're only on three of the ten yeah there was there there's there's three of them that I did. Would you like to do another one? I mean, we got time okay, all right, well, make this the longest podcast we've ever made. Well, let's do another one here. How oh, about yeah. uh how about <coughs> gold digging giant ants one-eyed monsters in the bizarre history of Herodotus? gifted the greco-romans. And we're not talking about penis with a one-eyed monster, right? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Greek historian Herodotus of uh Halicarnassus is o- <laughs> is often referred to as the father of history because he is credited with writing the first great historical narrative of the ancient world. And he's old as shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If he's the father of history, he should have he really thought some of these beliefs Oh yeah. Should've helped out. Back then he's probably the smartest man in the world.
1: You would think, but he put in penis god and Blowing smoke up someone's in, ass.
0: In his defense,
1: I would believe in the penis god. <laughs> he traveled widely. I, have you ever
0: woke up and your butt hurt? Penis god.
1: <laughs> that's one. <what I'm>
0: <laughs> I almost said
1: that's one we blame blaming on next time. <laughs> 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 he traveled widely, or at least claimed to have done so. Some glaring er, glaring errors in describing places he supposedly visited have cast those claims in doubt. He collected the stories he gathered from his own travels, or from hearsay of other travels, into the histories, a record of ancient politics, geography, and cultures, deemed Western literature's founding word of history. Just whatever he saw in his travels he wrote about? Yeah. However, Herodotus is also known to critics as the father of lies. Well, now it makes sense with history. Because... Yeah, because his, his his writings include not only some wrong details, but some jaw-dropping whoppers as well. Not only <laughs> modern scholars, but even some of Herodos', uh contemporaries scoffed at his claims. Today, many questions whether Herodotus had traveled beyond Greece and had instead simply penned the histories by collecting stories from people he encountered at home. So his family members. Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Just people that he met. He would write down their stories of, like, travelers. Yeah. Hey, Crazy Joe, what's your story today? Yeah. (laughs) Peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) A typical Parados Whopper was his narrative about the struggle between giant, one-eyed cyclops and half-eagle, half-lion griffins who inhabited northern Europe. Oh, very believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to him, the griffins roosted over and guarded stockpiles of gold, which were frequently raided by the one-eyed giants. Herodotus did not. <laughs> Herodas did not narrate narrate this story as the retelling of a myth, but as something he believed to be gospel truth. Huh? I mean, Hallelujah! That's were big back then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're we're seeing that with all these. Awesome facts. I mean,
0: yeah, I saw a griffin last week. Yes. Oh, yeah, house.
1: <laughs> there was yeah. one above my house. Yeah, I was actually wondering where my cat went,
0: and yeah, I, I realized I- I've
1: never owned a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I promise
0: man, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> uh,
1: another tale, tall tale, was about giant gold digging ants, and as he told it, ants the size of foxes lived in the Persian Empire's eastern provinces in deserts whose sand abounded with gold dust. As they dug their anthill mounds and tunnels, they unearthed the gold dust, and the locals grew wealthy, sifting through the giant ants' excavations. Few, if any, Greeks had ever been to the far- faraway lands described by Herodotus So far centuries, the Greeks and later Romans treated Herodos' tales of weirdness and distant, distant lands as literal truths.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, I would believe a fox sized ant for sure. Well, why not? Now, would I test things and go grab some gold dust for myself? No, absolutely fucking not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why not?
0: That's a fox sized ant. And there are probably a thousand of us up. I'd imagine a fox sized ant.
1: That's a big ass an ant. Of these things? Oh, no, thank you. Mm mm. No. Mm mm. So, uh, you ready to hear about the. Properties of gladi gladiators bodily fluids, the the properties of them. Yep. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, why not? The curative
1: properties. The
0: curative. Oh, see, here we are with another cure
1: I, mean, I just thought we might end on this one. Yeah. Start yeah. with the cure. End on the cure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient Romans had what can be described as mixed feelings about gladiators. Mm, on yeah. The, on the one hand, gladiators were despised as slaves trained under extremely brutal conditions, marginalized, and generally segregated from free Romans. On the other hand, gladiators, especially the most successful ones, were admired and celebrated as if they were a cross between modern rock stars and star athletes. So you're either a slave
0: or, you know, badass athlete.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of the kings would actually probably get their best gladiator and then they would fight yeah like racehorses yeah i mean it was it was entertainment for people back mm. in the day except you died if you yeah, well yeah you yeah, know yeah. you win some you lose some yeah. because of the constant training gladiators were often impressive physical specimens well proportioned with ripping muscles glistened in the arena before spectators all right now we're talking <laughs> understandably that That made gladiators the objects of sexual fantasies for many Roman women and for quite a few Roman men, for for that matter.
0: Yeah, it was fair game back then, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, back in the day. Men, women, goats, one-eyed monsters, penis gods, everything was fair game. If the gladiator's sexual fantasy could not be gratified directly and huge Although not insurmountable, social barriers stood in a way it might be uh, gratified at a remove. Gladiator bodily fluids, especially their sweat, were highly sought after commodities in ancient Rome. <laughs> hey, man, you got any of that sweat on you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just run in place for a bit.
1: It'd be like an energy drink for us nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Well, I took it the crack round. Right? Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wealthy Roman women, in particular, were willing to pay a hefty price for sweat and dirt from the bodies of famous gladiators. Wow, can you imagine getting paid for the dirt off your body? Mm, They don't want this dirt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just killed a guy, but yeah, you can get a bottle of this armpit sweat.
1: Go on, get you some. A curved metal blade called a yeah, used by Romans to remove dirt, perspiration, oils from the skin before bathing, was used to scrape sweat and dirt from gladiator skins. It would then be collected in vials, which were offered for sale outside the gladiator games. The buyers would often apply the gladiator's sweat and grime directly to their face. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, as a type of facial cream. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) It exfoliates the skin... I get all my pores removed, uh, others might mix it with cosmetics and perfumes, which in ancient Rome were usually the preserve of women of status. oh chill! Oh can't believe you smell like Kevin It's <laughs> 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 a great scent you're getting out there. Gladiator blood was often was also sought after by Roman women. the blood mm-hmm many applied the blood of their favorite gladiators to coat to coat their jewelry, combs, wigs, and other accoutrements, or mixed it with their cosmetics. Hmm.
0: Hmm. It's, it's a blood now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Blood. Not just sweat,
1: <clears throat> now blood. i blood. I'm,
0: mm. I'm waiting for another
1: fluid that we're going to talk about. I hope not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, gladiators were seen as particularly... Viral, which led to the somewhat ghoulish and uh practice of using gladiator blood as a um aphrodisiac, so the blood gets them turned on now. yep mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the more successful and famous a gladiator, the more potent an aphrodisiac in his blood or sweet were believed to be.
0: These people were so intelligent they they knew what was going on back in the day.
1: uh yeah, it could be drunk pure. But more often was mixed with wine and ingested that way. Mmm, that's a little mm. weird. Hmm. That's that's taking it a little too far.
0: Is it? Is it really? I mean,
1: yeah, I mean I'm not gonna sit there and uh So you
0: wanna drink you some Terrell Owens blood? No, oh man. Mmm, Tom Brady sweat. That's mm. what I'm talking about. Magic Johnson. Oh.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Um, mm, mm. <laughs> the use of Gladiator blood was not limited to cosmetics and aphrodisiacs. It was also believed to have healing properties, particularly in treating epilepsy. Okay mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm, 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 So, uh... Wow, Gladiators were, uh,
0: the cure-all pill back in the day. Yeah. Hey, you need your hair done? We got some blood going on. Top grade A blood. Top grade
1: A blood. I was worried that they were going to put in another.
0: Another flu. I yeah. was kind of hoping. I'm a little disappointed that semen wasn't in there. <laughs> um, put it in their hair. Yeah. I mean. Yeah.
1: I could. I don't know. You put
0: a couple drops of semen underneath your tongue. You just pass out. Yeah. Yeah. You can lift
1: tons of weights. Oh, yeah. yeah. be like a testosterone pill. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. If that doesn't work for you, just pray to the penis, God. He'll make everything work out. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Well, there we go. How, how'd you, how did you like this whole podcast? What did you think?
0: Um, definitely different.
1: Definitely different. Definitely different. I thought we might take it in a different way
0: is that a pun or are you just saying in general? might mm, take it like the gladiator blood. You blowing smoke up my ass now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mm-hmm. So, let us know what you thought about it. Give us a review. Honest review, honest opinion. Uh let's see. We're on Facebook now. We've got a Facebook page, Carpool Shenanigans. Yes. Uh we've got a little Facebook group. We're on Spotify, Anchor. Oh man, we I sent you lists. Yeah, we're
1: practically on, on anything. I mean, anything. I mean you anything. can find us on anything.
0: Anything. Anywhere. Look to your left, we're there. Look to your right, we're not there yet, but we're going to be there.
1: We're going to be yeah, there. Just give us a second. Well,
0: if we're above you, then there's some different problems. Yeah. 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 You're praying to the wrong God if we're <laughs> above you.
1: <laughs> or you're praying to the right one. Oh! <laughs> uh, yes. Anyways. Oh, uh, my ear hurts. <laughs> um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so uh don't do anything i wouldn't do but if you do do it well and name it after me uh just just affilius <laughs> just affilius not just a fashionist uh just a fill up on your butt <laughs> <laughs> that's my roman name
1: <laughs> and uh don't do drugs and uh stay in school